I was working long hours, working on property management sales. I was becoming a listing and selling agent as well, building a team, goal setting, teaching, training. So I was learning leadership. I was running, selling real estate and property management and being a mom all at the same time. And I guess my capacity extended. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the very latest Courageous Conversation and with me today I have got my friend Ruma Mundy. Hey Ruma, how are you? Good Leanne, how are you? Yeah, fantastic, thank you. Now you are the um, the owner of First National Northwestern which is out in the Hills District. Yes. How's business firstly? Because you're in lockdown at the moment, like everybody. Business is good with sales and rentals and obviously being across the two departments, rentals have been super busy. We're getting hundreds of inquiries per property and sales, we're finding serious buyers still wanting to buy, having their pre-approvals running out or coming. So they're trickling through, but they're serious. So things are moving and I think it's just about having conversations with owners to get them to make decisions and timely decisions. So it's been good to get some time to work on the business. So no complaints. Yeah, that's good. I'm hearing that a lot, that the pre-approvals are running out and people are starting to panic because it's so time-consuming to get them um, renewed, right. right? Yeah. Yes. So um, I was privileged enough to have you speaking at a uh, Catch Up With The Property Girls event in the ACT. wasn't even that long ago. I can't even believe we were allowed out. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, um, the feedback from that event was overwhelming about how um, – vulnerable you were and how open to sharing your story, which like all of us, you know, we've all got difficult stories and that's really the whole point of this podcast so that people know that how to go about having those courageous conversations and know that there's good stuff on the other side. So can you sort of take, uh, take me back and talk about when you first came to Australia? So, yes, I moved to Australia when I was 22. I'd finished my education and I did lean into the fact that, you know, I was coming out of a um, breakup with a boyfriend. So just finding my next and the opportunity came about to um, come to Australia and uh, have a break. And it was a big decision at the time because I came here alone. And I guess, uh, you know, that's just been the journey so far. Every decision has led to um, better places. So Australia is home now, but um, it was a big step, but it all worked out. Yeah, it would have been a really big step. Yeah. Um, so as you know, this um, podcast is around courageous conversations and I know that you've had some challenges um, personally and in your business life. Do you want to share, I guess, briefly what happened, but more importantly, how you actually managed to get through it, the conversations that you had to have, the actions that you had to to kind of take to get through to the other side? Wow. So this is, I'm going to write a book one day. I keep thinking about it, but I'm going to, you know, make sure that I just, um, you know, nail it down to some important elements because, you know, I reflect back on my journey and I look at where I am today. 
what kind of decisions I need needed to make along the way to get to where we are yeah. and how I grew, where I learned, where I could have done better. And definitely about conversations that I have with myself and with others around me. So there's a few things to it. Um, uh, you know, my journey to Australia um, led me to get into real estate um, about three years um, when I arrived in Australia. It took me about three years. And in that time, I got married. We bought our first house. And then I decided to get into real estate, um, which was very exciting. I was loving it. And then, um, you know, as young couples do, we decided to have a baby. And uh, after having my first baby, I was in real estate for about seven months before I took a break maternity leave and uh, got my license. And when I wasn't planning to work for a couple of years, but um, being on a single income led us to, you know, feeling a bit restricted in our choices and I was always very career driven so I came to meet my boss and um, my baby was four months old and as opportunities arrived at, at the most crazy times he was selling his business and I thought that's a great opportunity for me to you know buy the business and truly work. So how long had you been in real estate at that point? So full-time seven months uh, in residential sales. Yeah, and sure, year... buy the business, why not? Absolutely, seven months in. Yeah, good thinking, 99. <laughs> in those seven months, I learned a lot because oh, I was kind of So I always thought when I walk into a room, I want to work the hardest and I want to do the job the best possible way. Yeah. So I'm very competitive with myself. So how, God, it took me 25 years to be game enough to buy the business I was running. I think um, <laughs> you didn't just have a surprised. baby because once you have a baby, you deliver half your brain. So yeah. it's like a half brain decision. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm going to so, quote you on that. Remy said it was a half brain decision to buy the business after seven months. My business because <laughs> 90% was confidence, 10% was knowledge and Truly, Leanne, I really looked at the state of play at the time. And I was, yeah. you know, I was around real estate operators who were not great at what they were doing per se. And, you know, I thought, oh, I can do this. You know, I know the yeah. elements of it. I'd worked with a developer for a year prior to residential sales. Yeah. And I really was like a sponge, even in the seven months that I worked with my boss. And he was missing. So we had to learn a lot ourselves because he was, you know, he was doing commercial real estate and all of that. So I guess learning, training ourselves, learning from other people, that was my journey. Yep. And then taking on opportunities as they come along because we thought, what's the worst case scenario? If it doesn't work out, we'll start again. So I think it took a lot of courage. There was fear, but self-confidence. Yeah, and, right. you know, as I mentioned, I think in my talk as well, what you don't know, you don't feel. Massively, yeah. That's so sure. I didn't have, we didn't have social media. We didn't have any noise around what it takes for a mom of a young baby to run a business. Like there wasn't, unless I went and found out the challenges, <laughs> I didn't know any different. So, but I did reach out to some, you know, some uh, good people in the industry, Jane Booty. She's a friend of mine. She had babies while she was running her business. Yep. So she told me to get a nanny. So that led on to me. Great advice. Right <laughs> couldn't afford one but couldn't afford not to not to yeah that's, yeah that's often the way too and I think there's a lot of salespeople in that situation that they they can't they say they can't afford an assistant but you know as um as as they say if you're not um you don't if you don't have an assistant you are one 
yeah. How did you go with the nanny you couldn't afford and the business that you didn't know how to run? Really well, because, you know, I read a lot of books and I guess my education, you know, I'd finished my master's in business. So I knew, I understood the elements of, um, you know, business and I could put that in play, being consistent in our branding and marketing exercises. What people are doing on Facebook now, I was doing through letterbox drops and through all the marketing that left the office. We had to take pride in everything we did. So I guess my, my you know, um, exposure to business elements really helped me in running my business. And then yeah. I learned from other people in the industry. I was part of the Century 21 franchise. Everyone was very willing to teach and train and coach. Nice, yeah. And I think being part of a community like that really helped me. If I was an independent agent, I don't think I could have gone that far so quick. Yeah. And I remember going to our first awards night and I used to take my team to, to the awards night, but we were sitting right at the back of the room because all the winners were at the front of the yeah, room. Yeah, of course. That's right. That's the, that's the oldest trick in the book, right? I oh, know we're not winning anything. We're right at the back. Yep. But we had the best time because we were closest to the bar. So. <laughs> exactly. So I used to tell my team, I said, this is what we're aiming to get to. So at least we should know where the bar is. Yeah. Yeah, slowly totally. made their way to the front of the room. Yeah. So that was fun. It was really fun. I gave it all. I was all in. So uh, seven days a week, you know, I was working long hours, working on property management sales. I was becoming a listing and selling agent as well, building a team, goal setting, teaching, training. So I was learning leadership. I was running, selling real estate and property management and being a mom all at the same time. And I guess my capacity extended. Yeah. But, you know, I read somewhere recently where you start with having all these small, small rocks in your jar. You know, it could be your, um, your social life, your family, your, you know, all the hobbies and things. So you have all of that. And then you take that out and you put big rocks. And so my family and my work became my big rocks in my jar. And then everything else was small rocks around it. So because that was my passion. Yeah. So I really, um, we started uh, um, creating momentum around us and, you know, started getting recognition. Our industry is big on, we're not unsung heroes. And I think that plays with our mind a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, you're constantly trying to achieve the next because it's so open. Accountants or lawyers or this, or that, they don't know who they're competing with, but we are so, it's so visible yeah, actually, for us. I've never thought about that before. It's really very true. Yeah. <clears throat> And, you know, being competitive, you just set the bar for yourself every year. And you're yeah. saying every year you're in business, you have to do better. So two years into it, I was sort of, you know, midway there. And I was thinking it's not worth my time to stay away from my baby and only get to this. And so if I didn't break through, I told my CEO at the time, Charles Tabby, I said, I'm, this is not enough. You know, I'm doing everything, but I'm not getting the momentum that I really want to justify my time away from my baby. So he came into the office and he spent eight hours with me and he really broke it down for me. And 1 a.m. that night, he sent me a report to say, Rima, you need to do this, 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 this. And, you know, that'll really work. So for me, if a coach or trainer or somebody who's been in the industry a long time tells me to do something, I don't question it. I just do it. So having the courage and commitment to do it. When it comes to self-talk, you know, I've, for years I kept saying, oh, I'm just crazy, I'm just crazy. And now I've changed that to, no, I've always been committed. That's a really, yeah, that's really interesting because I've, I've had to reassess my own self-talk. I've, um, I've had a lot of that, oh, God, you're hopeless, Leanne. 
you are mm. hopeless. You are so bad at that. And it's like, actually, you need to get over yourself. You've got to stop saying those. I've had that realisation just recently myself. So that's interesting yeah. that you say that. Yeah, it is. You've got to change your words to yourself. Massively. So then that led to us doing quite well and the momentum changed after I put in play what I'd learned from everyone else. And I think that's the big element of my journey is learning and growth and always be learning. A lot of real estate, because obviously leadership is really lacking in a lot of real estate businesses because it's the number one lister and seller is usually the business owner and they're so busy running around listing and selling that they don't have a lot of time um, to really lead their team. But there's also a bit of a lack of willingness, I think, that whole learning piece. You're not really uh, being prepared to um, be held accountable um, or to try new things and push themselves outside of their comfort zone. yeah, it makes and them I think feel that's vulnerable. where my I was always being drawn to leadership, but also listing and selling and running a good team. I wanted everyone in my team to do well and be yeah. be successful, and their time with me, they should look back upon it and make it worthwhile. So yeah. I did have tremendous success with some team members who started very young. You know, seventeen stayed with me for nine years. She, you know, Danny, she worked with me and she bought two properties. She nice. started a reception, is a senior property manager. Now she's running her own business. So there's a lot to show for that, you know, the investment in leadership and bringing out the best in people. Yeah. But then not everyone wants this, the success or are willing to sacrifice no. what it takes. No, and you can't want it. I've said this to a number of people that I do. I do coaching work with. Um, I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. Mm. I only realized that recently. I've always wanted more for people. And I was pulled aside by someone to say, Rima, not everyone wants to be Rima or sacrifice all that you have sacrificed. No, I had, oh, you'll love this. I had a a receptionist, a young receptionist. Um, She was only in her early 20s and really smart. And she just looked at me and she said, you know, Leanne, I just don't really aspire to be like you. (laughs) Beg your pardon? Don't you know who I am? What do you mean? Yes. But what she was really saying, she said, oh, you know, I'm happy to have the, you know, the success and the, you know, the income and all that, but I don't want to do the hours that you do. I don't want the stress that you have and the responsibilities that you have. And I thought, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. So it is, it is what you want for yourself. So, yeah. you know, and then you work with people who can help you get that. Yeah. I've found in leadership, it is so, uh, you know, mind boggling that you want so much from people because you see the potential. One, they don't see their own potential. Two, they don't want it for themselves. So as in leadership, you have to really pick and, you know, go, okay, I'll spend my energy here because you you spend energy on all all the other people and they don't want it for themselves. It's so wasted. And then you feel like, oh, this wasn't good enough or people people disappoint you. No, you didn't read the play properly. People yeah, won't right. disappoint you. You're just leading the wrong crew here, right? So that was huge. But I, I have tremendously enjoyed the leadership space, but I've also enjoyed my listing and selling. Listing and selling, yeah. Once I became, you know, I, we then had a second baby. Um, so five years into the business, I was working till the last year of my pregnancy. I had people listing with me for three weeks before I was having the baby for the three weeks. And they said, sell the home before you go. And yeah, you need baby. to sell this before you have this baby. Oh. So you do that. But then I had a couple of people I had lined up to run the sales side of things whilst I was having some time off with 
the baby, but that was not to happen because they opened their own business whilst I was having the baby. Nice. And so it had to, be, and I, you know, it's just disappointing with some people sometimes instead of being upfront and honest and courageous to say, hey, Rima, I know you were relying on us, but this is our plan, this opportunity wow. come around. So then you just go, well, I've got to go back and take care of mine. You business. don't have any choice, right? No. So once again, three weeks after having a cesarean and a baby, I have to get back to business, not by choice, but you just have to do whatever it takes, right? Right. And clients in our industry have very high expectations and you have your own standards not to disappoint and not to make excuses. Yep. So then I got back into, you know, but that was super hard. If there was a really hard patch, it was around, you know, having a newborn and getting back into full-on business mode within three weeks. Um, but slowly, I, I think at that stage as well and throughout my journey, I've gone back to health and I've reduced noise. So I started getting back into my fitness and health so that I, I work better here mm-hmm. and being very goals oriented. So I aligned the whole team around what our goals are. And momentum led us to then opening a second office in Bella Vista. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't so much my choice, you know, even my ex-husband, he saw a lot of potential and he thought, oh, it might be great if you have a second office. And I didn't have much time with the baby. for you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So that led to, but, you know, you don't question, you think, oh, I can't see what people see around me, right? So, and then you don't want to question yourself and say, okay, let me give it a go. And so we did, we opened a second office that led to a little bit more stress in our relationship. And, you know, unfortunately um, that all fell on my lap again to then keep going. Um, But nobody put a gun to my head the end. So, you know, I, I just had those high expectations of myself to say, I can make it work, make it work. But then that came at the cost of a lot of, you know, um, time away from your own self-health and well-being. Yeah. And you're trying to please everyone and everything. Sounds like you. though you do take responsibility and accountability for those decisions. You could quite easily blame the ex and say, oh, look, it was all, you know, it was his no. idea and he didn't support me. And But sounds like you're sort of saying, hey, I did it. wasn't the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. And so we did that. It was fun. It was good to get, you know, it was good to get exposure to a different market. Yep. It was get, good to get exposure to a different set of clientele, second, third time sellers, landlords of, you know, these million dollar properties that we never had the opportunity to manage. So sure. we literally built the two rent roles, one in, you know, good old Quakers Hill and Sarans, and the second started in the Hills area. So it was very interesting. It was almost like another journey of growth and change and, you know, exposure. So it wasn't wasted, I'd say. Um, Unfortunately, my ex and I decided to then separate a couple of years later. Now, with the separation piece, a lot of our work is around relationships that break up, right? Right. So before, prior to that, we, you know, I, I would sell homes for people who were going through separations and really sympathize with them. But the understanding of the pain came through when I went through it myself. Yeah, sure. And so that made me empathize. And I think once again, the decisions come with pain. So people who decide to stay in not so great relationship, that's the capacity. They can't deal with any more pain. You know, people who decide to move on, that comes with painful conversations with yourself and say, this is going to be hard, but then one day it'll get easier, you know? So keeping noise out of your 
out of your life, keeping just going in within yourself and making these decisions and taking responsibility. So it was really painful, especially with little babies. And I had two officers, two babies, and me by myself. And then Sydney market was going through craziness. Crazy. The boom happened 2014-15. Yeah. But that was good because we had quick turnaround of all the properties. So I wasn't carrying much for too long. It gave me time to really think about where I am, what I wanted to do next, which is when I got approached to do a merger and a partnership. Okay. Um, and so that didn't end well, um, as, um, as we no. know. To avoid that in the future, would you ask different questions or would you just never go into partnership again? I would ask different questions. Okay. I, I still believe in partnerships. I still believe that, you know, if you have the right people, that's the way to go. Yeah. You know, so I would be diligent around people more than business. So I did my due diligence around the business elements, but not the people and the values. Oh, that's an interesting observation. So what would you do differently? I would spend more time getting to know the value system of my um, of the business partners because the principle of the business worked, uh, Leanne. So we quadrupled the sales. It was highly profitable. The principle of the partnership worked, but with the wrong people. And yeah. also, you know, the intent. So I'm very trusting. If I meet you, you have my trust. You don't have to earn my yeah. trust. If you say this is who you are, I'm very trusting by nature. But now I'm a bit more, you know, I don't react quickly. I don't make decisions when I'm in pain or happy or excited or sad or this. I just sit with it. Okay. So I made that decision when I was going through a lot of pain, you know, of separation and two kids and all, a lot of trauma that comes with it. So the only thing I do differently now is make big decisions in a state of stillness and calm. Yeah, that's excellent advice, actually, because I think you do. If you reflect on all the decisions you've made in your life, um, the ones that maybe don't work out well are going to quite often be when you are not in the right state of mind to be making those decisions yeah that's yeah I hadn't thought about that but that's really good advice so if you're disciplined enough to just stop and for someone who like me I work at a very fast pace I make sure. decisions on the go and I, I I'm always on the move to sit still with something has been a, a lot of hard work yeah but it's paying off yeah. you know I want to quickly help someone. I want to quickly give somebody my time. I want to quickly, you know, reach out and give a solution. I want to quickly fix things. I'm, I'm a fixer. But now I just sit back and go, it's not my circus, you know, or I don't want to invest my energy here. If I make this decision, would I regret it tomorrow? You know, yeah. I wanted to buy a Border Collie puppy during this lockdown. Of course. Like I got so excited looking at this puppy and I went, oh, and then I just sat on it for a couple of days and I said, no, you don't have room to take your another life. In yeah, that's right. You've got your hands full of, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes, um, you know, I tell my team that I procrastinate until I'm certain of the way forward, but I, I don't really procrastinate. It's just like I'm happy to sit on a decision for a period of time until I'm comfortable that it's the right, that it is the right way forward. So I probably need to change my language about that as well. Mm. I'm going to be sitting with it rather than procrastinating about it. Just sitting with it. So in the last... I'm writing that down. Yeah, that's good. So in the last, I think, six months, I have um, started reading a friend of mine uh, introduced me to Stoicism and oh, the life yes. of, the life of yes. Stoics. 
Yeah. And, you know, ancient philosophy, how that's relevant in the current times and learning from the ancient uh, philosophers, yeah. which philosophy to me was always boring. No, yeah, I know. It's a bit, a bit airy-fairy, really, wasn't yeah. it? So are you getting the, um, the, daily, um, the daily Stoic from Ryan Halliday? Yes. Holiday, I should say. Yeah. I'm holiday. And yeah. then I've been, I read, so, you know, during my Supreme Court battle, the 15 months that I was in it, I've, it was a very lonely journey and a lonely battle, but a friend of mine introduced me to The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan oh, yeah. Holiday. Yeah, yeah. And that truly helped me through the journey and made me understand what was going on, how I had to address things and really believe that, that that's just going to get me to somewhere that I won't get to unless I get through this. Yeah. You know, the difficult, heart, gut-wrenching stages of those battles. <laughs> it was the books that I read at the time and the noise that I deleted from my life and only reaching out to people who could really help me and not add to drama. Yeah. And so Ryan Holiday has been amazing, but then I didn't read the, you know, the Daily Stoic and now I'm, I'm addicted to it. It really helps me um, zone inwards and really work on myself. You know, yeah. he talks about living your life greatly, but it can't happen overnight. Just doing something every single day. Yeah. So I happened to pick a book, pick his book before even starting Daily Stoic on um, stillness is the key. So we talk about, you know, sitting on decisions and things like that. I highly recommend that book for leaders and people who want to really achieve greatness in their life. Uh, stillness is the key. So I've just finished that and I might reread it because I think I'll get something more out of it. Yeah. So just being a reader and being, you know, growth orientated. And that's how you change your language. Right. You know, and that's how you change your conversations with yourself. Yeah. And for me, I'm leading my children. So the two girls who are looking up to me every single day, I have to be really mindful of self-talk because in the younger children, girls especially, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm dark or whatever. And I, I have to be very quick to help them change conversations. Yeah. And even with my friends, like women are very big on having bad self-talk. Yep. I catch some really good women having really bad self-talk. Can I so tell I you a secret? Blokes, some blokes have bad self-talk too. I always thought it was um, it was women, but um, there's Looks a lot too. of blokes that, that yeah. really beat themselves up as well. So I think it's um, it seems to be all of us. Yes. You know, as simple as um, I'm my worst enemy. How many people say that? You know, I'm my worst enemy. And I'm going, no, you're your best friend. Yeah. Uh, I wear a bangle. And I go, whenever I have something negative, I change, change it to the other hand. Oh, okay. So, and I've told, I, I've given a bracelet to my friends and say, I want you to snap yourself with those, one of those string bracelets whenever you have bad self-talk. Yeah. You know, you've got to change it. So we as moms or as leaders, we want our children or our team to have better self-talk. But then they see us having not so great self-talk. Yeah. So, you know, once again, leadership is such an exposed position. You don't have the luxury to not practice what you preach. Yeah, that's right. You get called out on it if you don't. If there's somebody listening who wants to go out and actually start their own business, what would be your best tip for them? I would, the best tip for them would be to literally train themselves, learn every aspect of what it takes to run a business, listing yeah. and selling agents, 
you know, I've had to learn through my years of journey, but sitting with someone who's done it before. Yeah, so fundamental. Yeah, is fundamental. So learning all the aspects of what it takes to, you know, run a successful business. I think if they're starting to start a, run a business, um, yeah. they should take some time to learn from others. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, that's right. There's been so many people that have done it before you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I do appreciate it. I know how very, very busy you are. So it's always lovely to catch up. And um, and I'm sure I'll speak to you again very soon. Yes, you will. Thank you, Leanne. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.